Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, February 4th, 2020, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. And just to remind you, we have changed our format to every other Tuesday, so the next show after tonight will be February the 18th. And this allows us more time to focus on our clients. Our next two Starseed Quests to Arkansas will be March 20th through the 23rd for Spring Equinox and Athena's Birthday, and then again for Pleiadian Lineup, uh, May 15th through the 18th. This is a Soul Family Reunion, and you must have at least one galactic degree on your chart uh, to be eligible. And we have just a few spots left for May and maybe one or two for March. So please just uh, write an email to crystals at starseedhotline.com if you feel the call to join us, and we'll get you hooked up. As many of you know, we have been taking the Crystal Soul Group to Arkansas since 2012. And as I said, this is a soul family reunion at the heart of the crystal grid for the entire planet. And right now, Saturn has entered galactic degree in Capricorn, which is the mark of the crystal grid. And any starseed with any of the six markings for the crystal soul group will be activated to higher levels of responsibility for stewardship of Mother Earth. We'll be discussing the effects of this activation and hearing from some of our alumni about their experiences in Arkansas. Um, Starseeds who have joined us there have been empowered to claim their power and go to the next levels of their mission. All four of our quests in 2020 will have this special galactic timing, which will add strength to the crystal activations for the planet and also for the individuals who attend. And um, as I said, the March quest may be full, um, maybe may a spot or two there, but we still have a few for Pleiadian lineup in May. And um, then at the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to Starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream. And we'd like to thank Kathy, Jada, and Fiona for hosting the switchboard tonight. For those who may have a question or comment, we have an online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other Starseeds thanks to Tammy's helpful dedication. And you can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk and listen to them later. And if you'd like to show your support of our program, please just click follow on our page here and you'll get our weekly show notices as long as you enable those. Our main website is starseedhotline.com. The Stage 1 Starseed Confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart. And the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself, and coming soon with Rebecca also. And please be aware that due to a massive global Starseed activation, our waiting lists are at about six months now until we get our new astrologers changed, uh, trained. It's great news for the planet, but we need to expand our team to meet the demand. So your understanding and patience is much appreciated. And if you have a birthday coming up, don't miss out on your 10 hours of power. 
You can find out when that happens by requesting your solar return timing, and that only takes a few days. But if you want the stage two interpretation of that chart, you'll need to order at least six months ahead of your birthday so you can get it in before your 10 hours happens. So first up tonight, I would like to introduce Anastasia with her fascinating Starseed News. <laughs> Good evening, Ariel. Good evening, everybody. Great to be back. Lots of news. We've got lots of things to talk about. Well, let's start out with our What It's Worth Science uh, Astronomy Department. Um, astronomers have discovered something amazing. You know, astrophysicists spend their time working on some utterly fantastical stuff, and they sure know how to enjoy themselves on the job. I think they have a great time. And now, after two decades of observations, scientists report that they have witnessed a pair of stars spinning so fast that they literally bend both space and time. Now, this team has been tracking the orbit of the extraordinary binary star for about 20 years, as I said, using the Cicero uh, Parks Observatory 64-meter radio telescope. Now, the researchers from the ARC Center of Excellence of Gravitational Wave Discovery kind of gives it away, doesn't it? Gravitational wave discovery. They caught the uh, spinning celestial bodies frame-dragging. That's their words, quote. Or in other words, what they're doing is they're twisting both space and time with their immense gravity. Now, the research was published Friday in the journal Science, and they say it is yet more evidence for Einstein's theory of general relativity. Now, I will add that at the same time, simultaneously, uh, currently, there are many people now beginning to argue with Einstein's theory of relativity, and some are arguing with quantum theory. Physics itself is in a, is in a druther. Some of this is because mm, perhaps more mm, conservative religious views are putting pressure here and there in physics, saying that the some saying that the theory of quantum physics uh, leads to nothing and nowhere and no point in living and so on and so forth. Anyway, let's back up. Uh, this research, they say, is more evidence for Einstein's theory of general relativity. So good for them. Well, what they say is this binary star is made up of two stars. Now catch this. One is a white dwarf, a star whose nuclear fuel has run out, which is roughly the size of the Earth but has some 300,000 times our planet's density. Now the other star, the other part of the duo, is a neutron star, which is somehow about... 100 billion times the density of the Earth while only measuring, get this, 12.5 miles in diameter. 12.5 miles in diameter with 100 wow. billion times the density of the Earth. Now, where do you find out how far away this is? I've got more to tell you, and then you're going to scratch your head. Anyway, all of that matter in that little tiny neutron star and the, the other white dwarf is compressed into this star system they are calling PSR J1141-6545. <laughs> Can you remember that? Oh, yeah, well, that rolls off the tongue. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> they tell us that we can witness frame dragging to a tiny degree by observing gyroscopes here on Earth. However, it just takes an extremely long time because one degree every 100,000 years or so but because the effect is around 100 million times as strong in this binary pair, the scientists were able to spot it 
despite the fact that it is several hundred quadrillion kilometers away. Now, okay, for this story, let's define what a quadrillion is because this story is about two stars identified as being several hundred quadrillion miles away. Now, you know how much one quadrillion is? One quadrillion is a million billion. Got it? (laughs) So these stars are trillions of billions of miles away from Earth. I mean, we're making colossal assumptions here about the reliability of our theoretical physics and math as well as the viability of our scientific theory here because one of these stars that is a million billion miles from Earth is only 12 and a half miles in diameter. What kind of telescopes do they have, folks? <laughs> I mean, wow. <laughs> uh, our science behind moon flights are proven and easily easy enough, but couldn't be assumed to work on a scale of quadrillions of anything. <laughs> Just saying. I report, and you all take everything with a grain of salt. But that's the story. Two stars bending space and time because they're moving so fast and they're so dense. Sometimes I get these stories and I get so excited because I love science and I know you all love this astronomy stuff too, but you just have to say, when are we going to stretch ourselves a little bit beyond believability here? I think that the, and I'm not a researcher, so if I were the researcher and the real bona fide reporter that did this story, I would kind of feel obligated to try to explain to my readers how that could even be justified such claims because 12 and a half miles in diameter a million billion miles away. Uh, wow. I want to know how they can see all that stuff. That's what I want to know. Okay. Well, we had a spectacular meteor fireball over Southern California. It happened uh, late last week. Uh, this crawled across the skies of Southern California, and in Los Angeles and San Diego, they say that millions of people watched it fragment into dozens of pieces high overhead. But nobody knew what it was. Now, initial speculation focused on decaying space junk. And, you know, there's a lot more space junk up there now. I mean, really, we're kind of in hazard territory. Here's stuff falling out of the sky. But they say that the slow pace of the fireball combined with its fragmentation uh, suggested an orbital decay event. Mm. So NASA's Meteoroid Environment Office had triangulated data from multiple cameras that picked up the fireball, and they concluded... It didn't come from Earth. Instead, the fireball was a small asteroid, or maybe a comet, belonging to the Apollo-Jupiter family. It had been orbiting the sun when Earth got in the way, and it hit our planet at a speed of 30,000 miles per hour. Now, by comparison, a man-made object in low Earth orbit will hit at about 17,000 miles per hour when they decay and enter our atmosphere. So we had a big old asteroid or comet come into our skies just late last week. But that was a sight. The photographs on the Internet were pretty, they were bright. And on an island in Japan, and I'm not even going to try to say it. Oh, I'll try to say it, okay? That's kind of my job. Kuchinarabu. Kuchinarabu. I didn't do too bad. That's Uh, pretty good. Volcano on an island (laughs) in Kagoshima Prefecture erupted yesterday, and there were no reports of injuries, but there were pyroclastic flows They say that was uh, observed for the first time since uh, last year. Um, Rocks were thrown around and such, and the agency is warning of the potential for big rocks being hurled into the air and of pyroclastic flows 
within the radius of the crater of the crater they're telling people to stay away good idea stay away and in new zealand they have had a lot of rain and a state of emergency has been declared in fiordland after flooding cut off the only road out of a little place called milford sound uh, about 400 people were left stranded so floods in australia and in new zealand they're having a really rough summer down there We've been talking about the locusts over the last how many months? I don't know how long it's been, maybe four or five months. And now they say that this is unprecedented. They're telling us that, and this is out of Scientific American, locust swarms of biblical proportions are threatening crops across a wide swath swath of Africa and Southeast Asia. And this is causing alarm among international officials. Now their major concern is famine. The United Nations is warning that mass swarms of desert locusts are endangering food supplies in eastern Africa, as if those poor souls need that. And in response, officials in Rome have mobilized an emergency briefing uh, to try to raise money, noting that this situation has a high potential to to become a full-blown crisis. Uh, The UN Food and Agriculture Organization said this is an unprecedented situation that we are facing. Now, that sounds really uh, pretty bad. We've had locust invasions all my lifetime and much before that, but they're calling it unprecedented. They're worried about um, big famines coming out of this. So, anyway, there it is. They went from uh, one little country, and and, uh, then they've just spread. So now they've gone to all of most of Eastern Africa, I should say, and Asia, They're just moving right along there. There was a mysterious boom in southern Mississippi. Uh, It was near the Spring Hill area uh, uh, around around Loosedale, I guess, Mississippi. Uh, Callers called into the local television station telling the people there that they felt rattling in their homes. Their doors were shaking. Um, They said that they didn't know what it was, but they said that it felt like it was shaking the foundations of their house. Uh, they knocked some things off the shelves, and uh, people freaked out, and nobody knows what it was. The houses just started shaking. Things started falling off the walls. Doors rattled, and there's no explanation. Do you live around uh, that area? you live in southern Mississippi? Do you know anything about it? Send me an email. Columbia has had some heavy rain, overflowing creeks, They've had flash floods late last week. Uh, Hundreds of people were evacuated from their homes. Cars piled up along streets covered in mud and and debris. They say about 100 vehicles were damaged, along with a whole bunch of houses. And Greece has had some seismic activity. They have had quite a bit, actually. Uh, Earthquakes late last week. Uh, emerged around the Pacific Ring of Fire, which is where we're going to start this story. (laughs) You know, most of the world's seismic activity takes place in the Ring of Fire. Uh, There was a total late last week of 58 earthquakes, and many of them touched down in clusters, which is what happened in Greece. Anyway, the same day as Greece had an earthquake, altogether there were 58 earthquakes, and um, there were some of pretty high magnitude. Now, in Greece... Uh, they had a magnitude of 5.8. But that was only one of six that rocked the Mediterranean east 
to the Sea of Carpathos in one day. So wow. that's that's a lot of activity in that part of the world. And in Perth, Australia, they have had some freak uh, weather again, more, uh, knocking out power to 50,000 homes, and uh, fires started on tops of power poles. There was a blackout overnight. Uh, 25,000 households were still without electricity uh, a couple of days later. So, And in Chile, uh, the government of Chile has declared an emergency after flooding caused uh, severe damage in the Atacama region. Uh, emergency teams worked there, and they had took pictures of towns that were swamped with mud and flood water over four feet deep. They've all had they've all had major damage to agriculture in the area. Four feet of mud would certainly damage fields. So that's what happened in Chile. And again, at the same time that Greece uh, quakes were uh, quakes were going on, there was a earthquake in the Sol- Solomon Islands. That one was 6.0. And let's talk a little bit about some science. Uh, let's talk about honeybees. I have uh, several articles about honeybees. And I want to share them with you. This is um, a story about scientists that are fighting bee pathogens with genetic engineering. Um, they say that this is a development that could save the U.S. economy tens of billions of dollars. Uh, they have developed a technique to immunize honeybees against two major pathogens by using bioengineered bacteria. Now they tell us that last year beekeepers lost 40% of their honeybees. It was the highest mortality rate since they began the national survey 13 years ago. And honeybees, uh, they say, are worth about $20 billion worth of value in the U.S. crop production. So they say that safeguarding them is an economic issue and a conservation issue. Probably should have been first. Anyway, scientists from the University of Texas at Austin developed a bioengineered strain of bacteria, which is fatal to the two major pathogens they say is responsible for colony collapse in bees. We'll talk about that more a little bit later. But anyway, they said that they added the bacteria, which they engineered, to sugar water and waited for the bees to ingest it while grooming each other. Now, they tell us that this engineered bacteria acts like a biological factory in the bees' intestines and pumps out medicine which protect the bees from both a certain kind of a mite and something called deformed wing virus. Crucially, the research team says there is essentially no risk of these bees spreading this engineered virus to other uh, uh, engineered bacteria, excuse me, to other insects given the fact that this genetic makeup is targeted to survive only in bees. Now, the study's author says this is the first time anyone has improved the health of bees by genetically engineering their microbiome. The researchers say they hope to continue their work studying the bee genome in order to create more colonies and stave off mass extinction among the world's honeybee population. Well, were I not so reticent about genetic engineering, and were I not so aware that 
there are other factors involved in colony collapse disorder, I would say, oh, great, guys, you go. But, you know, there are many other factors that probably should be looked at before we go genetically engineering bacteria, such as the immense loss of natural habitat, habitat, stress from commercial pollination operations, and most recently, let us not overlook the implications of 5G technology on the orienting capacity of bees. They have looked at genetically modified crops, which have been impl implicated excuse me, in honeybee uh, collapse disorder. Uh, the genetic engineered crops have been a real problem for the honeybees. There are too many chemicals. Uh, European, European honeybees uh, have been discovered to be poisoned with up to 57 different pesticides and other kinds of pesticides in the United States, such as Roundup, have been responsible for bee deaths. Uh, cell phones have been implicated in killing bees. And, of course, the commercial farming of bees uh, tends to diminish their uh, viability. So there are lots of things that are causing this, but they just automatically jump to genetic engineering. And here's another one. Here's a new cure. This is far more... Um, friendly. It's a fungus, and this was a recent study published in the Nature Scientific Reports. The uh, researchers have found that a specific type of mushroom extract can help honeybees fight off a devastating virus that is contributing to the die-off. So somebody else is approaching this by using mushrooms. And uh, you know that a lot of this is caused, as they say, the uh, collapse disorder is caused by this little mite that invades the honeybee hives, and it latches onto the bees and feeds on their bodies, and this transmits this bad uh, RNA virus. Well, the researchers found that bee colonies, which were given this mushroom extract, uh, one of the mushrooms they're using, by the way, is the reishi fungi. Uh, this extract saw a 79-fold reduction in the deformed wing virus and a 45,000-fold reduction in Lake Sinai virus. Now, they don't know how this extract works, but they suspect that it either boosts the immune system or somehow otherwise fights the viruses. Now, that's fascinating, isn't it? Here yeah. is the kind of artificial scientific uh, healing modality, genetic engineering, and then someone comes up with a natural, organic healing modalities such as mushrooms. Uh, okay, well, speaking of viruses and bacteria and all of that, China is in a bind, I'm telling you. They have uh, cut loose their drones to fight this virus by spraying disinfectant over villages and cities. An army of drones, yep, has been deployed in China to spray disinfectant over villages and cities that have been struck by the coronavirus. And they're hoping that this disinfectant will prevent the killer virus from spreading further, although it's not yet known how effective this is going to be. These are unmanned aerial vehicles. Uh, they're much faster uh, method of delivering public hygiene, they say, than traditional means by foot or by truck or any other way. They're launching these vehicles into the air, and they're spraying everyone with disinfectant. Uh, authorities are promising that this disinfectant is harmless to humans. It doesn't affect anyone's daily life. Now, so, and they 
trying to get as many people sprayed as they can and as quickly as they can. They're running the drones 24-7. People are donating their personal drones to be loaded up with disinfectant for spraying. They're really at this as much as they can be. And as of, and I, this is not today's report. This is about two, year, two days old, that more than uh, about 10,000 people have been infected in 24 countries and regions. So you know that this is uh, presenting with uh, symptoms similar to pneumonia. They're now saying it's a global health crisis, according to the World Health Organization. Now, they say that there's no cure for this yet, but people can reduce their risk of infection by keeping their hands clean. So there we have it. And it is a very good idea to keep our hands washed at all times and be mindful, you know, just be mindful in this day and time. And, um, you know, there's a lot going on in the political arena of the United States. The impeachment hearings are coming to a close. And so I would like to leave you all with a quote by Thomas Jefferson. Uh, The liberty of speaking and writing protects our other liberties, Jefferson said. And it is a wonderful thing to be able to share what little news I get with you. It's a wonderful thing that uh, we have uh, open and free media in this country. It's a wonderful thing that we can do many of the things that we do in expressions of our freedom. And Jefferson said that he swore eternal hostility against every form of tyranny over the mind of man, that we can think, that we can be, that we can come and go, that we can gain information, that we can share information. It is a great gift that we have in our lives. And from my heart to each one of you, I want all of you to live free (laughs) and walk in light and love. And I appreciate each one of you so very much. Have a beautiful week, everybody. Uh, Two weeks, I guess it'll be this time. Yeah. I hope that's working out for all of you. And um, I'll say goodnight, Ariel. I look forward to the program tonight. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Anastasia. There's some... There's some news that's going to take a while to digest for sure, Uh, Uh, but we we so appreciate you. (laughs) All right. Thanks for the news. Good night. Uh, Good night. And um, let's see. I'm going to – gosh, we got a lot of people on the switchboard tonight, so I'm going to have to um, scroll up and down. I'm looking for Lavendar now. I just saw her. Where'd she go? Oh, there you are. Okay. All right. Hey, Lavendar. I'm here. Okay. Well, um, I'm going to let you kick it off because I know you've got a lot to say about um, this crystal grid astrology. Okay. So if, if, if everyone remembers, I've talked a little bit about Saturn and Pluto being conjunct uh, at 22, and, and we were kind of all looking at January 12th to see what was going to be happening to that harmonic because back in 1991, 28 years ago, we had that same uh, configuration, and that's when the Internet went online. So I kind of thought that something might be happening with the Internet with this um, the same aspect, and it still may happen. But what I want to talk about now is that Saturn, who rules the crystal grid, is at, at 25, 26, and 27 degrees in the next few few weeks, and that all of February, I think even up until the first or second week of March, is going to be a really strong frequency coming from the crystal grid. Now, the crystal grid inside the planet is hooked up to 33 gem power points on the planet. 
But the Great Pyramid of Giza holds a great deal of timing and execution for different astrological um, configurations that happen through periods of evolution. And we're going through a very high evolutionary period right now, which is um, bringing us to look at a lot of different factions in our life. We know that polarity has been a big player. Um, Things are coming to the top. I'm always saying, well, somebody's going to bust this cosmic pimple pretty soon, and then when that happens, then the star seeds will rise. And they'll rise because it is their time. But right now I feel like a lot of star seeds are flying under radar. But when we get ready to come up, we'll come up as eagles, wingtip to wingtip, and then we'll start acting like geese, taking turns, leading the point. So there's a lot to say about the evolution of star seeds now on the planet. But back to this Saturn at at a crystal degree, I really believe with all my heart that we're going to be seeing some very unusual weather, Uh, volcanoes that have been extinct for many, many years will start erupting, we'll have more earthquakes, we'll probably have earthquakes going east and west instead of north and south. We already had some of that already happening down in, in Puerto Rico. So a lot of different things will be happening in the earth. The other thing that I was looking at was how often does our um, north and south pole get a little jangling. And I say jangling because there's something happening inside the earth in the magnetic grid. And I feel like that the crystal grid somehow is going to be activating the north and south pole um, energetics. We do have a a star seed that's leaving today to go to the South Pole, so maybe we'll have a report from her when she gets back. But anyway, the South and North Pole will be holding a really strong magnetic uh, tone throughout the period of Saturn being at 25, 26, or 27 degrees of Capricorn. Now here's some other news about Saturn in Capricorn. It's coming back in August. It'll be there the whole month of August. September, October, November, and it leaves around Thanksgiving of uh, this coming year. So I was I was looking at this in correspondence to our quest that we'll have in August and maybe another quest in November. So that means that the people that come to Arkansas will have a more amplified experience. Why? because the crystal grid is going to be humming at a, at a degree that's very high and very, very powerful. So, Ariel, do you have anything else that you'd like to add to what I've just said? Uh, yes. as I mean, I was um, looking ahead. Um, I got the, you know, the charts out, and all four of our quests will have um, uh, uh, this galactic degree in in Capricorn, so even though it, it's going to it's going to leave and then it's going to back up and come back again for the fall, uh, the spring quests and then 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 the two fall quests are all going to have this, and uh, I think in, in in my opinion that you know Saturn and and Capricorn have a, a, a seriousness to to it. Um, but it's it's needed, 
And some people think of of, of Saturn as um, a difficult planet, but it's only difficult if if you need a spanking. <laughs> you, know, you know, people that people that live in in karmic debt, um, those are the ones that Saturn is really uh, the most harsh with because. It's it's like the bill collector. It's like time to pay up now. But for people um, like especially star seeds that have a different a different path, a different um, mission, and the different reasons for being here, I see this as a time of harvest. If you you know if you've lived um, without incurring um, more karmic debt, so I'm really looking for this to be. Um, a very positive thing. I'm also thinking that with Saturn being on the crystal grid, and by the way, the Tucson uh, gem and mineral show is going on right now <laughs> with Saturn in Capricorn at, at starseed degree. So there's no telling what's going to happen with all the people that are coming come home with their with their gemstones. <laughs> yeah. 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 Can you see yeah, that? And I mean. And I think that on a on a more um, more social level, um, there will people who will be receiving harvest uh, for having planted good seeds and tending tending them, you know, with integrity. And then there are a lot of people that are are going to kind of get their comeuppance. Yeah, and, it's going to be you know all the above. All of the above, yeah. Just so I mean, if you have uh, if you if you're having a um, you know, a rougher time, you need to take a look and see, um, you know, what kind of things did you leave undone? So it's it's about, you know, really, I think of Saturn as if you build to code, <laughs> then then it, it's a good thing. But if you use, yeah. you know, shoddy materials and shoddy workmanship, then Saturn's going to come and the house falls down. Well, you know, when so, Saturn does go into Aquarius in about six weeks for just a brief period, and 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 Saturn being Aquarius, I think it's going to activate more about the internet, more about technology, and then when it comes back in, I think it'll give it another run of either cleaning house of of technology and people, or it's going to speed it up and and jumpstart something brand new. It can go either way. We never know how this is going to manifest because we're in such a polarity dance on the planet. Yeah, yeah, it could it could go either way, but at any rate, if you just if you stay steady and stay true to what you know and who you are, um, and hold the light, and that's what yeah. we are. I mean, we are seeing uh, all over the planet. Star right. seeds are already um, they're just showing up from everywhere. Right, right. So, um, so yeah, and I'm there's there's, to- there's some. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start bringing some of our alumni on, and then okay. um, after we have we have uh, uh, two or three uh, people, then there's uh, another little thing that I want to talk about. But we're gonna get started with the okay. with the alumni, right. okay. and um, I'm looking down here, and I'm thinking that um, let's say Lisa, Lisa, here you are. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Can How you are you doing me? tonight? Yes, I can hear you great. Oh, I'm doing great, and I just love the show. Thank you so much. 
Well, you're well, quite Lisa, welcome. Lisa, this is Lavendar, and I'd like for you to, to share some of your experiences, if you would, with our audience about, about what you've learned through our Starseed um, initiations and through coming to the Quest to give the, the listeners a view through your eyes of what takes place there. Oh, wow. You know, there really are no words that I can say on the impact that the quest has had in my life and the gifts that you bring and what I received. In fact, I was just sharing um, just a story of my own transformation when I left the August quest last year. And I just looked back thinking, wow, I showed up as one person and the person that left the quest, I, I just really powered up in a different way for myself and watched my life transform around it. But the quest is a magical experience and connecting with star family. You know, every day there's just a feeling of love that flows through you when you think about the connections that you make, the conversations you get to have and the relationships formed and continue to grow and expand. Um, uh, it's, I want to say it's almost, it's in my cellular structure. I mean, there are no other ways to say that. It's just a calling. Wow. So let me ask you, when you got to, so you came in August and then you came back for our alumni in November. Did you see a difference yes. in yourself between August and November? Oh, absolutely. You know, <laughs> everything in my life, started to transform and I had been wanting this change for so long let me just say that and yet felt like there were just I was at a standstill and after the quest in August things just started to transform and move my my consciousness expanded in ways that um, there you can't really describe it's a knowingness and an understanding of the way life is working that I couldn't have reached. I think I probably would have reached it at some point, but who knows how many lifetimes that would have taken me. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is you what you're saying is you super jumped, right? You super jumped. Absolutely. Quantum leap. Catapult. Yeah, quantum yeah. leap. There you go. <laughs> so you're going to be our guest, I think, on what April seventh. I think I scheduled you yeah. to come on because you too have a business of counseling and helping people understand why they're here. So we're really going to be looking forward to uh, having you as a guest on our show. Oh, thank you so much for this entire beautiful team, Lavendar, Ariel, Tammy, Anastasia. You guys are just amazing, and I'm just so grateful to be connected with you. Thank you. I okay. look forward to being on the show. Well, okay. Thank you for calling okay. in, honey. <laughs> Bye-bye. Of course. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. Um, so next I'm going to bring Catherine online and get your mic open first. Okay. Hey, Catherine. Welcome. Hello. Hi there. So, Catherine, Catherine this is Lavendar. So Hello. please tell us a little bit about uh, your experience. You've been to the Quest twice, and yes. give us a little back, little back background on yourself and how that you've come to be who you are now. <laughs> um, well, trying to 
rein in my super wordy, lengthy self. Um, um, let's see. I, I've come to learn that uh, I share the Arcturian and Palladian lineage, um, something I kind of always suspected and felt and knew about myself and even had received some confirmations periodically in life, but kind of dismissed them as pure imagination, um, but was still struggling to kind of make sense, I guess, of doing the humaning experience and being on the planet. And uh, so a friend of mine found me um, and opened this conversation with me about the starseed thing and forwarded my information to Lavendar, uh, who confirmed my markings and invited me to the land, feeling that the land would activate a memory in me and um, trying to not cry, but just the gratefulness that I feel because it's true. Yeah, you were very um, act- you were very activated when when you showed up here, and you activated a lot of people around you. That's another thing that happens is not only do you get activated, but there are certain people that walk through that door that activate others, and then it's a chain reaction. And boy, is that fun to watch! <laughs> it was amazing to to walk in there and feel like it was. Christmas and Thanksgiving and all of our birthdays all at once. It was a big family galactic reunion and people we'd never met before in physical form, but you look them in the eyes and you can see their soul and you know that you know them. And we're just so happy to see each other again. Yeah. So uh, you have been in Las Vegas on a project. Um, you, You built something very profound recently why don't you tell us a little bit about what you what you built in vegas and and placed in the ground uh so in vegas there's this uh building called area 15 which is a art immersive bizarre bizarre experience and uh has somewhat of a artistic spin of storytelling of the truth of area 51 and galactic identities and in a way that is artistic and fun is still kind of in a business model that's feeding to support artists and their true value. Um, and I've realized that after going to these quests and having the, the clarity that my mind's eye, what my mind's eye sees of people when I, when I meet them and I suspect they're galactic, now I know that I can trust that feeling and so after returning from the quest, I, I was driving by the building and I felt this sudden urge that it needed a grid. And originally I was just, you know, something small, just kind of laid geometry, I geometries out, invite a couple people if they want to participate. It's not a big deal. Um, so I asked for permission from the owners if I could do this. And I've already you know, somewhat had conversations with them about this and I've reviewed their charts and both of them carry the crystal grid marking in their sun sign in their 10th house, um, which I found really interesting. And so they, they approved. And then um, 
So I made the call out to the alumni group that we all met in November um, to anyone who wanted to participate. Uh, the, the individuals who showed up were exactly who needed to be there, all of us sisters. Um, and we even met some brothers who assisted us in providing space for us to build the vessel and to um, just to, to hold the space. And it just, the, the pure magic of how everything lined up to put the team together was amazing. And and so prior to going and doing the grid, I went to Sedona for the 12-12-12 Gateway Summit um, portal activation ceremony that was done there. And in that experience, I went to this place called Bell Rock, and that was another uh, pre-activation to the grid where I learned that the old world had an old map and an old grid and we are walking into an age where Gaia has shifted. And so her nodal points and energy vortexes are a little different now. And part of the work that we're here to do with the crystal grid markings is to help assist in the process of manifesting the new grid for the new age on this new earth. And I was receiving this confirmation that Area 15 was a part of this aspect and lo and behold one of the owners his name is actually the same name as the mountain where we take quest to um so it was, wow. it was really beautiful <laughs> and just i can't i could never write this story if i was you know and an whatever kind of writer like and i sat down and wrote a book i, I would not be able to make I would not be able to, my imagination would not be able to come up with this, the way this came out. Um, and so inside the grid, so in Sedona, I, part of the, the group, I also made an announcement. They're like, if, does anybody have any special announcements? I said, yes, you know, we're building a grid. If anybody wants to, um, to join us uh, astrally, or if anyone, you know, has pieces that they would like to contribute to the grid, you know, and, and one woman came up to me and she, one woman knows you, Lavendar, and she, and I mentioned nothing about the quest or like anything. All I said was the word starseed. And she came up to me afterwards and she said, um, she lives in, I forget the name of the place, but it's, um, the two tones. She lives in the two tones, and she gave me some some of the crystals from there and some of the um, the brush from that place from the two tones, and um, and that, I thought that was really cool to run into her, and then right after that another woman came up to me and handed me a bottle full of rubble, and she told me that she's working with the shaman who has traveled all over the world to all of the sacred sites all over the world. And every time he's performed special ritual, he has collected some of the samples from the, from the sacred site that he does his work at. And so there's pieces of tile from the Vatican, the Stonehenge, Easter Island, Giza, places in Machu Picchu and, and just all over the world, the old grid. And she handed me a bottle of the old grid to put into the vessel for the new grid. Wow. Oh, and wow. we created a 13 
the, the linear faces of the pyramids were 13 inches. And there's a upward facing pyramid and a downward facing pyramid creating the diamond and what we refer to as the Athena symbol. And while I was there, after I came off of Bell Rock, uh, I went and saw this artist who had a painting. And in, in the painting, there was a man as a mountain with the upward pyramid and a woman in the reflection of the water facing downwards. And I immediately, I thought of Athena. And then he tells me, he said, this symbol is the oldest shamanic symbol. It is thousands of years old. And this diamond with the center circle represents the balance between the masculine and the feminine. And the only way that a shaman is able to travel between dimensions into other realms is to be balanced within the masculine and feminine, whereby he can find the central point between them. And so when we built this vessel, we built this vessel to portray the balance between the masculine and feminine. And so my friend Tomas, a man, created the male pyramid, and I created the female pyramid. And we joined wow. those pyramids together, and I included all of the, the each, because there's four faces, so I had all of the zodiac symbols, the uh, element symbols, the goddess asteroid symbols, uh, welded onto the surfaces of this pyramid, of this, um, this diamond, and, um, and we dug a hole uh, in front of Area 15, and we... Um, so it was about two days of ritual. Um, we gathered. We had our initial buzzing, kind of just like get together again. Okay, now we're going to do the work. And um, the the first day, we did a bunch of cleansing of the space. Um, a lot of the ancestors and galactic relatives were all there with us on site. It was an amazing experience. It was very moving. And the wind came in and blessed us and was able to, we were releasing all this energy and the wind came and took the energy so it could wash away. Uh, and then the next day, uh, what the owners had requested that their employees be allowed to participate in the ceremony because they want their employees to feel like this is family and this is something that's very special and it's very spiritual and what we're doing at area 15 is something very special and something weird <laughs> so i had everybody gathered together in a circle prior to, to placing the items into the grid and we all had one big ceremony. We called in directions, called in everything. I briefly, as, as gently as I could, kind of explained that uh, we're all family, and, and it might be weird to hold each other's hand right now, but we're family, and it's going to get weird because this is Area 15. It's just going to get weirder. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, so we performed a little ceremony, and each employee came up, and they picked an item. Um, that we had we gathered all these items from all over the world and um, so we had them laid out and everyone was able to pick an item and the there is a certain intention for each item and we would let them know like okay you know this is this represents the compassion or this represents the fire or, uh, but you can also like what does this mean to you and please speak that out 
so you can create that frequency of the spell of your intention. And so they would choose, they would select the item they wanted, they would vocalize their intention, and then they placed it into the vessel. And we layered the vessel with um, sands, with silica sands, and um, and this like red kind of rock that comes from this place called the Valley of Fire, which is the Native American land there in Las Vegas, where there's these petroglyphs. And our friends drove in the middle of the night prior to building the grid just to go retrieve the soil, because we felt that Vegas' spiritual land needed to be represented in the grid as well. Um, and so we layered this thing like a cake, just layer upon layer of just and every any anything you could imagine. There was a meteorite in there. There was some moldavite in there. There's uh, the crystals, the Giza's, the just the old sacred grid, the waters of the world, waters from Bell Rock, sands from Sedona. Um, just I can't even like the list was really long, <laughs> but. It's it's a very powerful vessel, and um, and Tomas and I he he's the one the the guy who helped me build the the vessel. Um, in order to lower the vessel into the ground, because um, we had dug a hole and then we have this thing, it's really heavy, and we have to get it in. So we created like a pole and had it tied up on a rope. And like two Egyptian guardians, we put it on our shoulders and we stepped side by side and brought it to the hole and dipped it inside and then surrounded it in silica and more of the red clay. And it was also wrapped in a copper tube. Um, and and we lowered it down directly in front of center of the, the gateway the, into the building. and um, And then we covered it all up. And two days after that, the Luxor Pyramid in Las Vegas, they changed its lighting system, and it began to pulsate a rainbow spectrum of color from its face to the oh, tip. Wow. <laughs> and immediately I was like, this is confirmation. Like, yeah. we, we did it. <laughs> we did it. And people are traveling there, and they're saying they feel something different about that place. And I've met starseeds who say they don't know why, but Vegas is coming up on their beacon. It's it's pinging it's pinging them, and they don't know why. Yeah. And good. It's, good. I'm so glad that you did this, girl. This and all, and all of this happened after you've been to our quest twice, right? With with yes. strong intent to go forward with your life, and that's a wonderful thing. So thank you, Catherine, for calling in and and sharing this wonderful experience with us and and stay connected girl because you're really part of our inner circle team and you know that right i do and thank you lavendar for the many years that you you put in um and the struggle it must have been for you at times and the bliss and the joy that you got out of the experience as well thank you for holding true and holding strong and helping guide us to where we are today okay thank you honey Thank you. Thanks, Catherine. Big hug. Bye-bye. Big hugs. Bye. All righty. Um, okay, so let me let me go back down the uh, the switchboard list here. And um, hey, there you are. We're going to talk to Sagrera next. Get the Hello? mic open. Okay, there it is. 
Hi, Sagrera. It's Ariel. Thanks so much Hi, for calling. Hi, Ariel. How are you? It's good. It's so nice to hear your voice. Oh, it's nice to hear yours, too. So tell us a little bit about your experience coming to the Quest. You've been twice, right? You've been there twice? Yes. I was there in August and November. In November. So tell us a little bit about yourself. You're a, an animal communicator, right? I am, yes. And I um, actually, that's one of the things that um, originally drew me to learning more about star seeds, and that's how I found you, Lavendar, is because I was doing sessions with animals, and um, when I do that, I communicate with their guides, and I was starting to see more and more um, galactic and star being guides um, showing up for the animals, and also realizing that um, a lot of the animals I was working with were really um, here to sort of activate their um, their humans, who a lot of times were star seeds too. And so I had my first session with, with you, Lavendar, in like 2016, and um, it was so amazing to me because so many of the things that you said um, at the time, I don't know if I was like fully um, ready for them, and then as the years went on, like every single thing just absolutely happened, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's, you know, and, and just, you know, how the frequency of the of the starseed animals that I came in contact with and just just how I sort of shifted and began to kind of reframe that in my mind and understand things on a different more galactic level and that's really you know going to quest just intensified that on such a level that I don't even know if I really fully have the words for it but it was absolutely amazing so did you feel like that you knew people when you came did you find some soul families in the room Yes, absolutely. Um, that that was amazing. Um, one um, friend in particular who I um, am very closely in touch with and I talk to her almost every day uh, had one of those moments where I looked in her eyes and it was sort of like almost like this little shift happened, almost like, like a timeline shift or something. So that was really fascinating. That had never happened to me before. Yeah, good, good. So uh, what did you feel about the accommodations and where we have it located at, at Mountain Harbor? What's your what's – your, uh, Yeah, that's one of my favorite things um, I really wanted to mention, especially for me, just with my connection with animals. Um, I loved seeing all the wild – like the wild deer. We saw at one point in front of the, one of the cabins, we saw these baby raccoons, like, playing – and um, and there were just, like, the birds and the armadillos. And there was one – I had one thing happen on the last day of November Quest where uh, we had one of those bedrooms where the door opens onto the balcony, which overlooks the lake. And I had the door open, and I was, like, putting on makeup or something. And all of a sudden I heard this thump and this huge black bird. Um, I'm not sure if it was, um, like, a crow or a raven – he was standing, he had landed, and he was standing on the threshold between the balcony and the bedroom. And he just stared at me and held my gaze and basically did it long enough to where I was pretty, you know, where, where I was convinced. I knew that it was not just random, that it was definitely like a type of visitation connection situation. Yeah, that does happen a lot with uh, the questers that come. All kinds of animals show up, and they seem to be, giving some kind of message. Um, yeah. We have one gal that c communicates with insects. All kinds of insects oh, come to her when she comes to the quest. Yeah. That's awesome. 
So we really enjoyed you being there, and you added so much to our group and always stay connected to us because we we really want to help empower you and in, in your mission and what you're doing on the planet. So always keep us abreast of how we can assist you, okay? Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to you guys for providing this, and I, it's, it's just been an amazing um, experience, and I absolutely will stay in touch. Okay, good. Well, thank Great. you for calling in. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Agrira. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Well, uh, we are going to talk to Julie next. Alrighty. Hey, Julie, how are you doing? Hey, Soul Fam. Really good. How are you, Ariel? I'm doing great. So nice to hear your voice again. Thanks. And of course, yours as always. Lab <laughs> and Sig, Kat, Lisa. <laughs> so, Julie, yeah. tell us a little bit about your experience, if you would. I remember that when you came in, you were you didn't know if you wanted to be there or not, and you had tears <laughs> in your eyes. And I thought, oh my goodness, this girl is 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 ready to be activated, but does she know it? <laughs> so, tell us a little bit yeah. about what happened for you at the quest. Yeah, there was a little hesitation there for sure. Um, thankfully, I stayed and then returned again. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, now I can't stay away. But, um, yeah, so I wrote something that I wanted to share, if that's okay, about okay, what I've taken ahead. from Quest. Okay. Okay. So I wanted to touch on the impact and effect coming to Quest has had on me as a parent. I am a mom to two star babies. My son is three and my daughter is five. Um, so hearing the call for two Quest in succession was no easy feat, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> However, an aspect I hadn't anticipated was becoming a sort of living bridge to them. By being truly seen myself and connecting deeply and emotionally to soul family at Quest, what has unfolded since returning home is nothing short of magical. My experiences and connection, connections in ARC have allowed me a new multifaceted energetic pathway to connect with my children on. I might get a little teary. <laughs> the things I have learned, connections I have made, along with the upgrades and activations have given way to fostering all of that in my kids. I feel almost as if a veil lifted once I returned home, allowing my soul to recognize their little souls on a much higher level. Through experiencing the crystal grid and soul family reunions myself, I'm able to share those feelings and connections on a deep level with them, which in turn fosters and supports their own individual freedom of expression and growth. And I just wanted to end my little blurb with a quote that I came across today, of course. <laughs> um, ask the child you once were. Ask the elder you are becoming. Ask the spirit you will someday be. They will guide you. Oh, that's beautiful. A big, big impact. Oh. <laughs> yeah, my yeah. actually listening, too. Yeah, good. good. here with me listening, yeah. So did you feel like that you met people that you knew from other lifetimes? Was it a, a, a strong soul connection with several at the Quest? Oh, a million percent. Um, in August, it was every single person in the room. Every single person, I felt a deep heart connection, soul bond. I mean, it was like, for me, uh, I went 36 years with not having any type of resonance with my family or friends even. So 
it was way more than I expected in a great way. (laughs) And um, the connections have continued, you know, daily. It's like, yeah, such a blessing. I'm eternally grateful for you guys and, and the land calls me about every day (laughs) to come home. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for calling in and sharing your experiences with us. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. Okay. Love Thanks, you guys. Thanks, Julie. Big hug. Bye bye. Okay. Well, um, we are going to be talking to Anne and then Angela and Eric. Uh, but first, we have um, uh, Barbara from the Tetons. And I think. Um, We'll just uh, hear from Barbara, even though um, <laughs> we're still waiting for you to come to the quest, Barbara. Okay. Uh, you're on the air now. Okay, go ahead, Barbara and Lavendar. Galactic love and honor to all of you. This is just waves of energy coming through. I crossed paths with Catherine Cat there at 12-12-12 and was able to gift her fresh uh, sage from um, the Tetons and a heart rock for her her mission. Um, and I just wanted to express my deep gratitude to all of you and so much love. Well, I want to express my gratitude to you for being the keeper of the Tetons for so many years. I know that you've moved down to uh, Arizona now, but for you to have held the point and, di- and did the work uh, – in the um, the forest there, I mean, truly, girl, my oh, my, my hat goes off to you for in that. In the summer, return for six months. Yes. Uh-huh. So have you have you missed being at the Tetons? Uh, not this winter, but I do. I return there the end of May, and I don't. I stay until October. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, good. So you're splitting your time between Arizona and uh, the Tetons. Yeah. that's great. Yes, and, and doing all sorts of magical crystal work around the Payson area in uh, some old paleo sites that date back 300 million years. Placing oh, goodness, girl. Wow. Oh, I'm so <laughs> glad that you called in tonight. That is great. Well, stay connected to us, honey. And, will, and, at some, you know, and at some point in time, you need to come to one of the quests. I'll, I'll focus on November. Okay. Okay, good. Okay. Hey. Thanks for calling, Barbara. Oh, uh, thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, and um, now we are going to look for, where are you? <laughs> Angela, I'm looking for you. On You were here. Okay. Uh, maybe I'm Anne? missing it. Um, Anne Crawford? Yeah, yeah, we've got we've got Ann. Uh, Angela and Eric must have they must have dropped off or something. So yeah, um Ann Crawford, one of our favorite hey. uh, radio show guests, wonderful author. Hey. Hey oh, there. It's so wonderful to talk to you again. Oh my god, I'm uh I've been thinking about this all day today. Um as I said once before, we talk about these quests as being family, but as I mentioned before, those were just words. 
when we come together in these soul pods, we truly, truly activate each other to live our purpose and achieve our missions. And we have pieces of the puzzle for each other. We have information that we might not otherwise get. I'm meeting with a few of the starseeds who've already spoken tonight, and I've been talking to others. I mean, just for instance, um, the book I'm writing right now, somebody I met in November has inside information on Washington, D.C., and so we've been on the phone. She's been telling me where the tunnels are under the (laughs) underneath everything i mean we it's so big what we do together yeah tell us a little bit about your your starship book that we're so proud of that you've done oh it's it's an award winner in visionary fiction and it's called fresh off the starship and it's about a woman who was supposed to go to Washington, D.C. to help humanity on a grand geopolitical scale, but she ended up getting diverted to rural Kansas. So it's really funny. And, Lavendar, when you read it, you called me and said, you nailed it. (laughs) And then the conversation about Washington that I had with the Starseed not long ago, I'm writing the sequel. So that's what that was for. And I so do it, want to offer. So I let me ask you: Is the same, okay? And um, are you taking this same character, the walk-in? Is she going to end up on her mission in, in in Washington, or is it another walk-in? No, no, it's her. She's it's going, all good. So she gets yeah. to, she gets, she gets to finish her assignment, although she was dropped off in Kansas in a redneck community, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. No, she gets to go and meet the president and all that kind of stuff. So well, she, it'll she be... better hurry up. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I do want to offer everybody something. Um, I was on your show once talking about my book, Life in the Hollywood Lane, and tonight and the next couple days, it's free. You can get a free download from Amazon. The ebook is free. So I just wanted to put that out to everybody. Oh, that's oh, cool. great, Anne. Thank you so much. No, it's on me. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, that's 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 really a, a a great gift because you're such a good writer. Um, I Thank just, you. You're just award winning, and uh, we we were just so pleased to meet you and um, and and you just you fit right into the family. Oh my God! The first one was in May, and the whole time. I was like, why in the world did I wait so long to come here? Another thing that I just love, I'm in my 50s, and these kids, all the kids in their 20s and 30s are so lit up and so activated. They're so inspiring. I just love them and everybody. We're just amazing people. (laughs) If I say so myself on behalf of all of us. (laughs) <laughs> you also do a little stand-up comedy, don't you? I do. <laughs> you know that well, I has want come to... about since the May Quest. I never did that before. Well, I know. I I want you to 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 find one to do where you say, and these two ETs walked into a bar. <laughs> yeah, you can do. <laughs> you, you can. 
You could do star seed comedy. Absolutely. Oh, okay, I'll work on it. <laughs> Nobody, nobody's doing it in the world, so you can be it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Ever since they canceled the People of Earth TV show, there's no star seed comedy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Really. Yeah. So. So what would you say to the audience now uh, about your ex- your personal experience when you got home after after you've been there twice? What's changed for you in your life? Oh, well, I started doing stand-up comedy for one, which, like, <laughs> who is this person standing on stage doing this? I did not see that coming. I have done improv for years, so, what, I mean, but stand-up is a whole different animal. But, I mean, lately, my career is really taking off. I got an agent who got me an editor who's gotten me a publicist. I mean, it's really going to the next level. And those three things are just since November. Although um, the thing with the agent started right after the May quest. So, I mean, things really get going. I mean, when you go to these things, like you said, buckle up, buttercup. (laughs) Yeah. Life yeah. will take off. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be you have to be ready to, to have the experience. Of course, you know, what we have found these seven years that we've been doing this, no one can really walk through that door unless they hear the calling. It has right. to be something deep in their soul to have them walk through that door and that's what we notice every time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They are just most wonderful things life changing we we just all fall in love with each other and look into each other's eyes and another piece of our mission is getting accomplished just by doing that it's just an amazing experience yeah i can't recommend it highly enough yeah good thank you thank you so much for calling in and we adore you my pleasure Stay I enjoy in touch you with us, honey. Okay. Absolutely. Much love. Okay. Much love. And to Bye-bye. you. Good night. Night. Okay. So, uh, okay. Well, um, Eric and Angela got back on. I, I was watching. They they were having trouble staying connected. They kept dropping off the switchboard. So I'm going to um, open up your mic here as soon as I can. Okay. Hello, Angela and Eric. Thank you so much for calling. Hi, Ariel. Can you hear us okay? Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. Good, good, good. It's good to hear yeah, your voice. You, you were having a little trouble um, staying on the on the switchboard. I don't know how that happens sometimes, but I'm glad you were persistent and, and called back in. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so, okay. So, so, Angela and Eric... Um, how many times have you been to the Quest? Couple, couple or three times? How many times? We've been there three times now. Yeah. <clears throat> it's okay. been uh, about a year and a half ago since we attended our first Quest. Yeah. And, well, tell um, us about your experience. Well, my gosh. Um, it, it's been mind-blowing, really, and, and completely life-changing. Our Our lives have changed drastically in every aspect since we attended our first quest um you know each quest was different and unique had a different energy and you know for me personally 
um, the first two quests kind of led me to develop like a deeper understanding and connection with Jesus and Mary Magdalene. And that took me down like a, a whole, you know, different path and road in itself that I would not have gone down otherwise. And then um, the last quest we attended, we just made so many like meaningful connections with people. And I remember, you know, sitting there looking, you know, at everybody in the room and thinking, wow, look at all of these powerful star seeds. And I wonder, you know, how many of them would not know their power if they had not attended these quests? It just wakes you up and you just, the power within you is just um, exponentiated. And and when you leave, you just, you got to be prepared for changes, you know, for high strangeness, for synchronicities, for doors opening and closing, um, good change, you know. Um, our lives have changed completely. I mean, we're no longer in our 3D jobs, and we're able to kind of channel our our higher energies into um, a business that we have creating Organite. And, you know, we're doing um, work with the land, dropping Giza crystals, traveling and helping to clear areas of denser energies on the earth. And, um, yeah, it's been completely life-changing. So, Eric, uh, give us a little bit of your perspective about what's happened with you and Angela and, and, and your work that you're doing now. Okay. Yeah, so we've um, actually relocated from where we're at. Um, we were previously in Texas, but we're now in Virginia. And we're uh, just dedicating our time to making these organized devices and um, working with the crystals, working with the metals, and like Angela kind of said, also working with the land. Um, I'm not sure if I answered your question. What was your question again? I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fine. Just keep going. <laughs> Where about in Virginia did you move? So we're kind of like in the boonies. Um, we're in the city called, well, it's a town called Rice, and we're literally like two miles down from the last, battlefield uh that took place during the civil war so there's a lot of definitely energies around here density energies i mean it's beautiful land but there's a lot of historical context that has happened back here and so we feel like we've been called here to kind of work with that and so um you know we're just kind of going forward and every quest sort of does allow us to kind of level up and like Angela says, you know, you have to be ready for the change and certain close, certain doors opening and certain doors closing as well. So we're embracing everything that we're doing right now and um, just kind of, you know, taking it day by day as well. So did you feel like that um, by coming to the Quest that it's opened up a whole new uh, arena for new friends and contacts that you've known from other lifetimes? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes, Um I mean, we've gone there three times, and we've made pretty strong friendships with pretty much everybody there. Um, we have our, our friends also that we've kept in touch with um, after the quest as well. But absolutely, um, these uh, quests have been life-changing. Um, and for me, one of the biggest things has been really, um, you know, claiming your power and what that means to you. And obviously, everybody is uniquely different, so it means a little bit something different to you each and every person, but I think it's very important as you awaken that um, you know what that means and you're able to sort of um, recognize that within yourself as well as with your soul family. And you guys are igniting and sparking that up and rippling out and, you know, 
for fulfilling our Earth mission. So it's a very uh, exciting time to be here. <laughs> yeah, good. Mm-hmm. Well, we have certainly enjoyed and appreciated every every time you walk through that door. We're always so thrilled to see you walk through it because you hold such high frequencies for the group. Everyone that came in November, uh, I was so um, thrilled to see when I looked around the room how many masters were in the room. It was overwhelming for me to look and see, oh, my goodness, all these people are ready for, for their next upgrade because they've mastered so many things they were able to walk through the door and bring their masterships with them. So, um, yeah, I was I was very thrilled to see so many masters. And, and a lot of you got together and started forming um, ideas and businesses and really taking your starseed talents to the whole to a whole new level. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. I definitely see that. Um our good friend Charlie, he's doing a lot of very awesome work with helping kinda put together a network um of all these different starseeds, everybody who's awakening and I think it's very important that we, you know, as we go forth we kinda set a strong foundation and um anytime we get the chance to sort of come together and reconnect, we sort of um shift those timelines and create, you know, the bring in those higher expressions that, you know, we're all here to do at this time. So how far are you from Washington, D.C.? Uh, we're like three hours away, about three hours away driving. I, I know at some time you're going to be called to go there to to place some of your organite in certain places. I know that's coming. Okay, yeah. You'll just wake up one day and you'll say, uh-oh, today's the day, <laughs> and you'll go. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're really right. We're really close, so it's yeah. only, okay. only a time away. Okay. Well, thank you so much for calling in, and, and hopefully we'll see both of you uh, at a quest in, in the future. Absolutely. Thank you for having okay. us on. And before yeah. you go, uh, before you go, um, I would like to get some more of your organite. Um, but um, I don't know where to get that. So is there a website I can go to? Yeah. Um, here, let me look. Um, we actually, we're still working on building our website, but we have our Etsy store up, and the Etsy store is called Orgone Crystal Alchemy. Instagram. Orgone um, also- Crystal Alchemy. Alchemy. Orgone Crystal Alchemy. We're also on Instagram as well and Facebook. Okay. All right, yeah, yeah, because your your organite is uh, a few levels above anything else I've ever seen. So I wanted to get some more. (laughs) You you gave me you gave me some gifts at the quest, but um, I would like to get some more pieces. So it is Orgone Crystal Alchemy. Yep. Yep. On Etsy. Okay. On Etsy. All right. Okay. Well, great. Thanks for thanks for letting me know because I'm going to go get some of that. And Absolutely. thank you so much for for calling thank in you. and um, sharing your beautiful energies with the audience. And we'll look forward to seeing you soon. Well, it was our honor. Hopefully we will see you guys soon. Thank you. Great. Thanks. Have a great evening. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Well, um, Anything that you want to add in uh, kind of wrapping up, Lavendar? Yeah, I want to give a shout-out to Leela, who's at the Gemstone Show. I know that she'll be listening to this probably tonight. 
So, Leela, I know that you're spinning the energy high where you are, girl. So let us know what happens from the, the gym and mineral show because we know it's on high beam. Okay, I wanted to give a shout-out to her. <laughs> okay. Uh, you, you know, we have met so many beautiful, strong, uh, just gorgeous people over, you know, the course. I mean, we we started in 2012, so this is our eighth year. And uh, if I remember correctly, we are about to bring in our 29th or 30th group. So, I mean, and that represents hundreds and hundreds of star seeds, just like, you know, the, the ones that you've heard from tonight that go out and, and level up, you know, their game and get out there in the world. And it's, it's really a great thing to watch and just it's see, um, you know. You know, of course, the, um, the other side of that is that um, star seeds are flocking to our site and um, – we so we are hiring um and training more astrologers because um because the waiting lists are just too long <laughs> so we have to have we have to have more people to um to handle all of the the star seeds that are waking up but it really you know we really have a unique vantage point because somehow you know star seeds will find us or they'll find people that know us and then they end up here eventually um, and and it's really from almost every country. I mean, think about all the different countries and the people um, that you've that you've done sessions with, Lavendar. Yeah, I know. You know, from Israel and Turkey and China and and um, let's see, Japan, Brazil. Australia, all the British yes. Isles. You know, France, Germany, all of all of uh, Scandinavia, um, Norway. Yeah, yeah. And I was noticing on the forum we've even got people in Siberia. Really? That are that are, that are yeah. That are um on our forum. So that's the you know, the beauty of the internet. Um <laughs> used as a servant, um, it can it can really unite a lot of people and drop the walls of, of politics and um geographic borders. Um and and we just they're waking up all over the planet, and this is what yeah. we've been working for. That's right. I mean, it's, you know, it's here now. For, it's it's here now, and you know, you came, um, we came online. It'll be eleven years in in April, and um, you think of all the all the star seeds and the just beautiful people that we never would have been able to to meet otherwise. So the internet does bring a lot of wondrous things, um, as long as we well, keep it in to, its place. <laughs> yeah, but I have to, I have to say that that you're the one that really pushed me to do this because remember, I wanted to be kept a secret and I didn't want a website, and you just kept on and kept on and finally I agreed and that's where we are today, and it's all because you <laughs> did it. I didn't do it. I I was in I was in. Uh, denial doing it and you were pushing me through the hole and I'm glad you did because now look at how many beautiful people have have been coming into our lives okay yeah yeah but you know after 25 30 years of keeping your work a secret it, that you were so accustomed to you know no I got to keep it a secret even after giant yeah. rock cracked 
it's like there's your signal. <laughs> you I don't know. have to keep it secret anymore, but you were just you've held it so sacred for so long that um you know, you needed a little a little encouragement. But um yeah, and and now I mean, look at all the all the people that we've known and all the people that are really making a difference in the world and and being able to help um empower that it's yeah. a great thing. It's a great and thing. And we have so many people that do come to our quest that have global assignments. You know, we've had people that are, you know, um, sitting very high on the totem pole of making changes through politics and through celebrities and through the, you know, the entertainment field. We've got a lot of entertainers. Uh, we've, we've got a lot of people that are connected to politics. So, um, yeah, it's... Yeah. It's musicians, really artists. Oh, a lot of musicians artists. Musicians artists, you know, right. technology people. And that's, I mean, yeah. then they all, I mean, everybody has their specialty. And when, when you unite with with a, a unified purpose, all of those, like you said, masterships get right. added to the whole kind of tapestry. So, yeah, right. it's. It's a, it's a wonderful thing, and and as soon as we get more um, astrologers up and running, um, it'll it'll be a lot better because right now the the waiting lists are just uh, they're just so I mean it's six months, and 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 <laughs> it used to be you know I mean eleven years ago you and I could handle every every request, but now we can't anymore. Um, so yeah. we're really fortunate that we've had uh, a lot of people step up, and we're we're um, wanting to get them up and running um, as soon as possible, like yesterday. <laughs> but, but every, I mean, everyone, everyone has been so understanding, and and that's really the you know understanding, naturally kind, compassionate. That's kind of how you know you're dealing with star seeds. Yeah, um, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've just. I've had a lot of beautiful emails from people that are waiting and and they're just not being um they're being gracious. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, they're being good. gracious. I'm so yeah. glad to hear that. So, well, we've had yeah. a wonderful show. we've had a wonderful show tonight. I'm so glad that we had uh, the ones that called in because uh that gives uh the people that are listening a flavor of some of the things that happened while they're at the quest, and then when you leave the quest, you know, your life changes. And if you're ready to change your life, well, take a look at maybe coming this way because we have some very exciting uh, times ahead. And so we're just asking those that are uh, starseed and ready for their next assignment to come on down, okay? Come on down. In, come on down here in yeah. Arkansas. Yeah, and you know, I mean, each quest we have a we have a maximum capacity, um, and I I believe that in um, coming up the next one in March, over half of the group of the group will be returning alumni. Wow! So, yeah, okay. yeah, and that's Good. I mean that's really great because the, then the new people um, they they can have you know um, more. Um, let's say uh, experienced alumni helping them, you know, with their uh, 
crystal digging and all the all the things that we do. But yes, it's really really nice to have such a turnout of the alumni for every quest. I mean, yes. I, we haven't had a quest of all new people. It's there's always going to be repeat <laughs> repeat questers coming back because, um, as, as one of our callers said, each one is different. The energy yeah. of each quest is different, and the orchestration that happens from upstairs, as you call it, um, they decide who's coming. And, yeah, and I know. You know, and it's it's a particular tapestry, and they'll pick people who have either common records, common masterships, that there's something about them that all goes together. And then, you know, other people who aren't, you know, um, uh, on the same, uh, let's say, playing in the same key, they'll yeah. be they'll be called for a different quest when right. everybody comes from that is is playing in the same key. So that's right. why we've been saying, you know, if you can walk through the door, it's yeah. because you have been uh, chosen by unseen hands. And then sometimes you can't walk through the door, and you have to come at a different time, and then you can. Yeah. So yeah, right. we. We've really learned. We've learned a lot. We have you know, after after thirty quests. We've learned a lot about how these energies work, and uh, we're so grateful to Mountain Harbor. It's yeah. the ultimate magical place in the heart of the Crystal Grid, gorgeous, you know, natural surroundings, which is very. Um, it's very good having that energy around us, as a as a yeah. foundation. Yeah, and yeah. all the cabins have all the cabins have hot tubs and. And people can, uh, you know, relax in the hot tub, and and the accommodations are. It's really a, a very nice place. Very nice place. Yeah, it's it's world class. World but it's class. rustic. Yeah, it's, it's not rustic. stuffy. Yeah, no. it's. I mean, log cabins with luxury <laughs> on the inside, but the outside there's the log cabin. But yeah, right. I mean, they um, they think of everything. They're very accommodating, and we just we love the people at Mountain Harbor too. Yes, we do. So, so um, any, anybody else on the switchboard? Uh, gosh, I don't think so. Let me just take another look. Um, I think, yeah, I think we've heard from everybody that said they were okay. going to call in. Right. Uh, yeah, we. Yeah, we're we're clear. Okay. So. Um, All right. I want well, I, I want to thank everyone. Who, who called in, you know, we love you, and it's always just wonderful to hear your voices. And uh, we will be back two weeks from tonight, which would be the 18th of February. And remember, um, Mercury's going retrograde. Um, and, you know, something I heard, I saw, uh, my solar fire says it's the 16th, and on the Internet other websites are saying it's the 18th, that Mercury goes retrograde. I've never seen that before. A discrepancy. It's like <laughs> it's got to be one or the other. Huh? Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, I, I thought well, that this is weird, but let's just call it <laughs> split the difference on or about you know like February seventeenth. Mercury will go retrograde. So keep that in mind if you're making plans. Uh, make them before then. Yeah. So um, that's it for us tonight. And thank you so much to our beautiful alumni family and to our listeners. We'll be back in, in two weeks. And until then, make a conscious effort 
to find gratitude in every day and give compassion whenever you can. Until next time, good night, everyone. You've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.